Hey guys, thanks for joining us today. One of the things that energizes our teams the most is being able to hear stories of lives that are impacted by this ministry. We would love for you to share your story with us by emailing it to stories at newcommunity.co or maybe your next step to getting connected to what God is doing in this ministry is partnering with us financially. You can do that online at www.newcommunity.co or through the PushPay app and find the giving option that works best for you. Thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy today's message. Well, good morning, church. How y'all doing? Woo, y'all should be doing good. Falling back, getting an extra hour of sleep. Our staff actually sent something out last night that said, uh, well, everybody, welcome to National Accidentally on Time to Church Day. So that's what this is. Welcome. My name is Spencer, and we're so glad you're joining us this morning as we're continuing this series, Who Are You? And uh, we've been looking at people throughout the Bible who God had a purpose and a plan and a destiny for that sometimes they needed a little push or even just to, to realize that God had called them to great things. And so last week, if you missed it, let me encourage you, go listen to the podcast. You can do it online or through the NCC app. But Pastor Aaron began discussing um, and, it, and talking about who Moses is. And today we're going to continue that story. But uh, just for a little background on what we're talking about this morning, Moses uh, was a man called by God to do something huge despite his limitations, despite his past, despite anything that he thought he could or couldn't do. And so um, we see in the story that God called him to go free the Israelite people out of slavery from the Egyptians over for, for the past 400 years. And so that's what Moses' call was, that God called him to that and that he was working through that. And we're going to pick up Moses' story right there where they're leaving Egypt. Now let me just say, Trying to say Moses is is a really hard thing, so don't make fun of me this morning. But we're talking about Moses's life, and uh, it's going to be great. And so if you've got your Bible, you can go to Exodus chapter number 13. That's where we'll be this morning. And if you don't have a Bible, there's actually one in the seat in front of you. Um, that's our gift to you. If you don't have a Bible, man, take that home, read it. We believe in the power of Scripture, that it should be guiding our lives daily, and that it's a huge part of God doing things in our life. So we're going to be looking at Exodus Chapter number 13, starting in verse 17. And so if you're there, you can say, Amen. Oh, that's good. I guess that was okay. I'm assuming most of you just were a little quiet. So we're going to read Exodus chapter number 13, starting verse 17, if you want to follow along with me. It says, When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, Lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. But God led the people around by the way of the wilderness towards the Red Sea. And the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt equipped for battle. And they moved on from Sukkoth and encamped at Etham on the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, that they might travel by day and by night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. Now, let me just say, if you guys have ever seen a pillar of cloud or fire, please let me know where that's at because I want to see it. But um, let's look at kind of what's going on here in this, this passage. So Moses is taking the Israelite people out. And just for a little bit of uh, background on that, he's taking over 600,000 Israelites out of Egypt towards wherever God's leading him. That's a huge amount of people. I don't know if anybody here has really led that many people. Um, I know I haven't. And so I can't imagine the fear the anxiety, the 
uh, unqualifiedness nature that Moses may be possessing at this point, but he knows that he's called by God. And so he's leading in a time and, and full of people that may be more qualified than him, older, more educated, all of these different things. And so uh, what happens here, and I think one of my favorite parts in this part of the scripture is that we see one of the characteristics of God in these scriptures. Because Moses is going to a place that he doesn't know where he's going. And to be led, you have to hear, right? And so we see that God is speaking to Moses. Because in that very beginning, he says, hey, there's some directions that we don't want to go, and there's a way that we do want to go. And so I think it's so cool because that just shows who God is, that he's somebody that is personal. He wants to have a relationship with you and with me, and he, he cares to give us guidance and direction. And so right here in the story, Moses is being led by God, and it says that not to go in the way of the Philistines. Now, if you don't know who the Philistines are, it's one of the uh, nations in the land that's kind of one of the, the bad guys, so to speak, right? Uh, they're referenced throughout the Bible as a nation that has a huge army, and not just in quantity, but in size. They're, they're known for having some people that are considered giants, seven, eight, nine foot tall warriors. And so God says, hey, the Israelites are a little scared. We just got them out of slavery after 400 years, so let's take them a route that they don't have to fight giants and let's go a different route through the wilderness. And so Moses says, okay, so how do we go? Which way do we go? Left, right, forward? I don't know if you guys are good with directions. I'm kind of the landmark type of person where I'm like, yeah, you turn at the Taco Bell, and then you get down to the Pizza Hut, and you take it. I just know all the food places. Um, but that's not what God does. He gives them a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night to follow. Pretty incredible. It's the first ever recorded GPS right? How great would that be to have something like that? Um, and, and so that's what happens. And it doesn't say that he would kind of give them some direction and then disappear for a while. The last verse there says that the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire never departed from in front of the Israelites. That's pretty awesome to me because I love that God is showing them that he's with them throughout the whole time, all the way, no matter what, that they don't have to be confused or scared, but they just have to follow his lead. Follow me is what God is saying. And, and for some of us, and I think I get in this boat sometimes, is don't we wish we had some guidance like that? God, just give me a pillar of fire. I'll follow it. I'll go wherever that thing's supposed to go. But, but so often I find myself going, okay, God, like this way or that way, or should I make this decision? And some of us go, you know, do I need to take this job or that job? Or what should we do for our kids and what school district and all these different questions? And we sometimes get lost going, man, is God even real? Is he speaking to me? I haven't seen this uh, pillar of fire, so how am I supposed to know which way to go? And I think often we get into a, a bad habit of just not asking the right person. We don't ask God for direction. We, we so often go to people, we go to, to books or to classes, and we listen to podcasts and, and all of these other things for wisdom, which can have great wisdom. But if we want to know what our destiny is, know what God has created and called us for, we have to listen to God, right? And so that's, that's where uh, Moses, if he would have asked some of those maybe smart Israelites, hey, which way should we go? You know, there's this route, this route. They probably would have said, well, let's take the shortest route. You know, this route is 12 miles as opposed to 20 miles, which one seems smarter. But then if they would have done that, they would have missed out on what God had planned for their life. They would have missed out on seeing the power that God was ready to show them. And that's what God is telling Moses. He's saying, Moses, I've called you. Now you've got to listen to me and follow my direction. And that should be a great model for each and every one of us to live after, that we go, okay, God, who have you made me to be? You know, my name is Spencer. You've created me to fill in the blank, right? And each one of us asking ourselves that question, asking God that question and go, all right, now that I know who I am, where do you want me to go? 
God, lead me, direct me. And if, if you haven't been here lately or if you have, you know we've been going through this campaign called Made for More. That each and every one of us are made for more than just our day-to-day life, the wake up and make, make all the food for the kids and get ready and go to work and work like a dog and come home. We're made more for that. Made more. We're made for more than just that. That we're made for something great and that God wants to do something in our lives. And so if we want to be a church that's made for more, if we want to be a church that is about people and creating community and, and living life with one another and knowing God, then we have to be people who are led by God. If you're taking notes this morning, there's a sermon note in the chair in front of you. You can write that down. But we have to be people who are led by God. It is imperative to who we are if we want to be Christ followers, if we want to be who we're created to be, that we're led by him. And, and sometimes we're a little confused on what that looks like. You know, how do I do that? And, and, and we, we get confused and we say, well, how am I supposed to lead other people? How am I supposed to lead myself? How am I supposed to lead my family? How do I become the best son, daughter, husband, wife? You know, all of these things. How do I be Christ-like? And, and there's a couple practical things that we can do here. But, but really the number one thing is we just have to be led by God. And, and what does that look like? Maybe for some of you, that's you hear the voice of God audibly. I'm not one that actually does that. I, I've never heard the what I uh, suppose is the booming voice, Spencer, please do this, right? Uh, that's, uh, I don't know if that's his voice. Um, but I haven't ever heard that. Uh, but some people have. And there may be other people that see dreams and have visions, just like we talked about a couple weeks ago with Joseph. I know there's some, uh, some people here at the church that I've heard have had some awesome dreams that, that God was taking them and leading them places. And, and it's great, but it's not always what happens for all of us. There is one thing, though, that God's saying, hey, I've done something for you to lead you. I've done something for you to be led by me. And it's this right here, to read your Bible. I don't know if you know this is, uh, this is also called the Word of God. And the reason that is, it's because it's God's Word to us. And so if you want to be led by God, guess what? You've got to listen to Him. You've got to be able to hear what He's saying. That means picking up your Bible and reading it, going through it and finding out who you're made to be and how to make tough decisions. And that's why we've emphasized so often the Bible reading plan here at NCC. Like, we want you to be engaged in the Bible. It's why we open the Bible every single Sunday. It's why they're in the seats in front of us, because we know if we're going to be led by God, we have to open up his word and read it and begin to apply it to our life. And sometimes that's not enough for us. We're going, okay, God, I just read all these stories, and there's giants, and there's uh, all these weird, crazy animals, and all whatever you read in there. And you go, what does that mean for me? How do I get led? And that next thing may be for you to pray. To just communicate to God. How am I led by God? I talk to him. Just like in a relationship, if you want to grow in a relationship with somebody, you have to communicate. God's saying, hey, communicate to me. Talk to me. Pray with me. Let my spirit guide you. That little conscious inside of you, let him, let him tell you what's right and wrong. Help, help to know what to do, when to do. I'm here for you, and I've got your back. We, saw a, or we heard a great story this week in our small group um, a girl named Bree, she was talking about how she's been carrying two jobs, but God has really put a passion uh, inside of her heart to pursue something else, something that she's loved for all of her life. And he feels, she felt like God had just recently said, hey, Bree, it's time to step out in faith and quit one of your jobs. I don't know about you guys. like Most of us need those jobs to pay for the life that we live, right? But, but God said, hey, I've got something more for you. I want you to reach out. I want you to step out in faith and, and try this thing that I've, I've given you a, a desire for. And so she feels like she heard that, so she goes and asks a couple people, hey, like, what do you think about this? This is a good idea, right? Like, it's something God gave me, and they're, they were all very hesitant, she said. She's like, they, they told me it's kind of stupid. You have to have money. You have to work a job. And, and she said, yeah, but I know God is calling me to it. And so 
she finally decided, you know what, God, I'm going to be obedient to you. I'm going to be led by you. And so she took a huge leap of faith, and she said every day since, God has been providing for her in ways that she would have never imagined. Financially, spiritually, emotionally, in times where she didn't know what to do, God's made a way where there seemed to be no way, and it was because she was faithful. And that's what God's asking us to do, just to be faithful to him, to say, okay, God, where do you want me to go? Lead me, and I'll obey. And that's, that's exactly what God wants to do. And as we do that, as we grow in our relationship with God, it, it doesn't just become about us. Lots of times it can be about us, right? We want our way. We want our favorite thing, our favorite food. And God's saying, hey, there's more people in the world than just you. And as you begin to grow in your relationship with him, as you allow God to lead you, he's going to lead you to other people. And because Bree was telling us about this story and how there was people that she worked with and people that she knew that were going, why are you quitting your job? This doesn't make sense. And then when it happened, they go, wait, God's providing for you? What does that mean? What does that look like? And because of her obedience, other people are seeing God through that. And that's our call. That's our mission. Matthew 28, 19 says to go into the world and find people that don't know Jesus and share who he is to them. That's what we're supposed to do every single day. And to do that, we have to be led by God to those people. And so how, how are you being led by God? Who are you being led to? Because God wants to use each and every one of us to reach out to people. I heard a story this week uh, from a guy named Danny. I just met him recently. He's a, a jeweler, and he was telling me a story, and it was actually kind of funny. He knew I was a pastor, and so he said, hey, Pastor Spencer, do you mind if I tell you my testimony? This is a catch-22, just in case you don't know. You can't say no, I don't want to hear your story, no matter how little time you have, right? So I obviously wanted to hear it, but, but I said, yeah, let me hear your story, Danny. So he said, hey, so back, back, uh, way back when, there was 40 years of my life that I was not saved. I didn't know God. I didn't know him at all. And, uh, and I had this friend in my life, somebody that was around me all the time. We did life together. Uh, we knew each other's families. We sent each other the cards and the text messages, and we called, and we had dinner. And his name was Chris. And he said, Chris knew that I wasn't saved. He knew I didn't know Jesus, but, but he loved me, man. And every single week, I'd get a call. I'd get a text. He'd swing by my office and say, hey, Danny, guess what? God loves you, man. I'm praying for you. Oh, that's cool. Uh, you know, I don't really believe in God, but glad you've been doing that for me. You know, that's what Danny said. And, and then he said the next week or the next couple of days, Chris would call him again. Hey, dude, I love you. God's got great plans for you. Hope you're having a great day. Okay, that's, yeah, awesome. And, and day after day, week after week, God had led Chris to Danny. And, and every single time, he'd just say, hey, I love you, man. God's, God's got something for you. I love you. Uh, you're made for great things. I love you. I'm praying for you. And Danny's like, okay, cool. And so one day, Danny told me he went for a bike ride. And he's five, six miles in, and he hits a hill. I don't know if anybody has ever ridden bikes and tried to go up a hill. They are horrible. Made from the devil, I believe it. Um, but Danny begins to, to reach the bottom of this hill, and he's like, okay, i got to go up it. So he starts pedaling and pedaling, and it's obviously exhausting, but all of a sudden he starts feeling some tightness in his chest. He catches his breath a little bit. He keeps pedaling. He's going, man, this is, this is really hurting, and it's starting to beat a little bit faster, a little bit harder. He says it feels like it's about to jump out of his chest, and he said, okay, if I get to the top of this hill and it's not any better, I've got to do something immediately because it's, it's hurting me. And so he finally gets to the very top, and he's just in so much pain and agony. And so he throws his bike in the car, and he rushes to the hospital and the doctor brings him in, checks him up, and he says, Danny, it is, it's a good thing you came. If you would have came any later, you probably would have been dead. They said, we've got to do emergency surgery. So they take him back into the OR and begin to operate on him. And as soon as Danny said he goes, they put him under, he said he began to have this dream. And this dream, he, he kind of woke up and looked around, and he was laying on his back 
little bit cold, a little bit clammy. He said that there was just dirt all around him. It didn't make sense. So he, he began to look up, and there he could see a faint light and somebody standing over him, and he realized he was in a grave. He was in his grave, that his life was over, that he was dead and he was gone, and he was looking up out of his grave, and he sees somebody standing there. And in that moment, that, the man said, Danny, good luck. And he walked away. Danny said right at that moment that he knew that he didn't need luck. He needed God. He needed a God that created him, who had a purpose for him, who had created him for more than he could ever imagine, and that he had something great for his life. And so as soon as he came out of the operation, he said he got on the phone. He called Chris and said, Chris, I need you and your family to come over. And they met in Danny's living room, and, and Danny said that he just said, Chris, I'm ready to meet Jesus. I'm ready to know him. And he began to walk him through what it's like to have a relationship with God and that God sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for his sin, no matter what he's done, no matter how many times he's done it, how long, he said, God wants you. He's created you for a purpose. He's got a plan for your life. And Danny said, that day, I accepted Jesus into my life. And it's been, been so incredible ever since. He said, my life has never been the same. Yeah, you can, you can give it up. That's an incredible story that Danny came to know Jesus. But the great thing about it is that all Chris did was be led by God. He didn't grab the Bible and say, you know what, in Revelation it says, turn or burn. He didn't start preaching to him. He didn't say, hey, if you don't do this, then you're going to go to hell. He said, hey, Jesus loves you. Dude, I'm praying for you. There's something great about your life. God's got a plan for you. He was led by God just to be obedient. And that's the kind of heart we should have. When you look around and you see empty chairs, you should go, man, I've got to share this with my friend that doesn't know God. I, I need them to know the God that I know, the love of the God that I have, the mercy and grace that he's given me so I can live another day to share who he is. That's why we're put here. That's why we were made for more. And I love that story, and, and I think it's a perfect example of what Moses is doing in the story. Moses being led by God, not necessarily knowing what to do or when to do it. He just knows, okay, God said it, so I've got to do it. And he begins to follow. And uh, we're going to look at the rest of this story, and I'll recap it a little bit. But starting in chapter 14 of Exodus, we see the story of the Israelites making their way to the camp and uh, by the Red Sea. And all of a sudden, it talks about Pharaoh being back in Egypt going, guys, what did we just do? We just let 600,000 slaves go. How is, how is our world going to work? Who's going to build things? How are the commerce going to work? What's going to happen with all of these people gone? And so they freak out and they say, you know what? We've got to go do something about this. We've got to get our Israelite slaves back. And so right then, Pharaoh, he sounds the alarm. He blows the horn. He says, everybody, let's go. Grab your chariots. Get on them. Grab your swords and your shield. And all of the Egyptian army begins to load up to pursue the Israelites. And so the Israelites are camping. They're getting ready to, to put all their stuff away. And I can imagine that they start hearing the sound of these wooden wheels, of the horses pattering on the ground, the soldiers, maybe their armor hitting each other, rustling, maybe some, some loud roars from the people. And all of a sudden, a dust cloud comes up, and they begin to look, and they see, what is that? What is that in the distance? And they realize that's the Egyptian army they're coming after us. They're going to they're come and kill us. And as they begin to scream out to God, God, why would you do this? They look at Moses. Moses, why did you take us out of this place? Did you take us out of Egypt so that we could die here? There was not enough graves in Egypt that you want us to die in the wilderness? It would have been better if we would have just stayed slaves. 
And Moses looks at him, and it's in verse 13 of chapter 14. He tells them this. He says, fear not, stand firm. Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord. God is going to save us is what he's saying. He says this. He says, the Egyptians that you see today, you will never see again. And one of my favorite lines from this story, Exodus 14, 14, it says this. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Some verses say silent. Some say calm. Moses says, listen, stop freaking out. Calm down. Be still. The Lord will fight for you. It reminds me of all those like shirts and stickers that you see all the time, like keep calm and carry on, right? Keep calm and chive on. Keep calm and eat ice cream. Keep calm. Like, there's every single one of those. Moses looks at the Israelites. He says, guys, keep calm. God's going to fight for you. Do you not understand that? He brought you out of 400 years of slavery. Your dads, your granddads, your great-great-granddads, all of them were in slavery. God brought you out of that, and you think he's going to let you die right here? Some of you this morning need to hear that. God is ready to fight for you. It doesn't matter how long you've been in a fight. It doesn't matter what kind of fight it is. He's ready. Are you going to stand up and be willing to let him fight for you? That's what Moses tells the people. And that's what we need to hear this morning. Some of us are fighting battles that we were never meant to fight. We're trying to go our own way. Use our own knowledge. Take our own direction instead of trusting God. Because we're so fearful of what's going to happen. We'd rather go back into slavery like the Israelites and and God's saying, just trust me. I've got a plan. God will fight for you. You need to know that. You need to believe that. Some of us need to write it down, underline it, and circle it three times because maybe we're saying it, but we don't believe it. Man, I've been through so much. God's going to fight for me. Have you seen my story? Have you seen what's happened in my past? And you're saying God's going to fight for me? Yes. Be led by God. Trust in him. Stand firm, and he will fight for you. That's what they're saying here, God's saying, just, just stop for a second. Stop trying to do it your own way. Stop trying to figure it out all on your own. Some of us, our fights are at home with our spouses or, or maybe our, our, our kids that are trying to go one way or the other. Some of us, our jobs, trying to figure out what this battle is. Should I take a job or should I not take a job? Should I quit my job? And God's saying, man, trust in me. Lean on me, not your own understanding. I've got this. And so many of us, we're just, we're scared. And, and he's saying, don't let fear freak you out. Don't let the fear of what's going to happen, what's not going to happen, freak you out. Let the Lord fight for you. That's what he wants to do. He wants to fight for us. In Jeremiah 29, 11, we talked about in our small groups this week, it says uh, that I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. And they're plans to prosper you. Not plans to just leave you out in, a, in, the, in the field, stranded. Not, not uh, plans for destruction or anything like that. Plans to prosper you. Plans for hope and a future. God's saying, hey, I pulled you out of here. I've got a plan. Trust in me. I know what I'm doing. And so Moses kind of looks up to God after saying, like, guys, stand up. Let's do this. And he's like, God, what are we going to do? And God says, hey, don't look to me. Let's go to work. Don't wait on anything, man. Start working at it. Start pushing. Start pursuing. And, and so what God tells Moses in this moment, he says, hey, you think you're backed up against this Red Sea? No. The place that you think is, is your, your boundary, the thing that's holding you back is actually what's going to bring you salvation, what's going to save you. And so he says, Moses, hold up your staff and let me part the sea. And so Moses reaches up with his staff and the waters begin to separate 
to the right and to the left. It says there's a wall of water on both sides, wide enough for the 600,000 Israelites to begin to make their way through on dry ground. Can't imagine what that's like. To have seen all the water and all of a sudden out of nowhere it parts in half and you can see through the side walls all the fish swimming and, and big whales and sharks and you can smell it but, but the land is dry. God, what's going on? You were just screaming out of, out of fear and out of what's going to happen and look, God had a plan. And so the 600,000 Israelites, they, they run through the dry ground, getting away from the Egyptians, and the Egyptians are still pursuing them. They're chasing them. And as soon as the last of the Israelites get through from the dry ground, the last mother grabs their daughter, the, the men grab all of the stuff, and they finally get on the other side. God says, Moses, do it again. Moses lifts up his hand, and the waters come crumbling down. Every single Egyptian warrior thrown into the water and destroyed. I love what it says, that every one of Pharaoh's men was gone that day. Exactly what Moses told the people. Don't worry, the Egyptians that are chasing you, the problems that you've got, this is the last time you've got to deal with them because I've got your back. I've got your back. And God's saying, I've got your back. I've got a plan. Don't be so scared. Just when you think you're backed up against the wall, I'm going to make a way where there seems to be no way. God wants to do something incredible in your life. Exodus 14, 31, after all this has happened, we see something incredible that, that Moses wasn't, wasn't doing all of this in vain because if you remember, the reason they took this route in the wilderness is God said, I need to show the people my power. You know, if they would have taken that other route, they would have missed out on what God had. And so what it says there in verse 31 it says, in that moment, the people of Israel feared God and believed in him. They feared God and believed in him. The thing that they thought was so scary, they thought was going to bring them their death and their destruction, God delivered them from that and said, look, because of that, now you believe in me. All because one man was led by God. Last week, we talked about Moses being, uh, being hesitant to do anything God said because of his limitations. God, I've got to stutter. How am I supposed to talk to 600,000 people? How am I supposed to talk to Pharaoh? I've killed somebody. How am I supposed to get past my past? And the man who thought he was unqualified was the one that God used to help bring salvation to 600,000 Israelites that day. That they feared God and believed in him. That they knew that they had a purpose. They knew that God was on their side and that he destroyed the people that were trying to attack them. Even though Moses thought he wasn't good enough, even though sometimes we think we're not good enough, that we've done too much, that we've gone too far, God's saying, hey, that's not how it is. I've still got you. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, it says that God's power is made perfect in our weakness. When Moses finally said, you know what, I, I can't do anything else. I don't have the power. I don't have the knowledge. I don't have the strength. I don't have the courage. God said, it's in that moment when you fully surrender to me that I can do something incredible through you. And he wants to do that in your life. He wants you to surrender those things, to let him fight those battles for you. Not to cop out and throw in the white towel, but to stand firm. Moses didn't say, run away. God's going to fight for you. He said, stand firm. God's going to fight for you. He can't win the battle if you want to run away from it. God's power is made perfect in our weakness. When we are weak, he is strong. 
He wants to use you. He's got a plan and a purpose for you. But are you being led to that purpose? Or day in, day out, are you just walking in whatever you want to do? Are you doing what's convenient? Are you just sticking to your calendar? Sometimes it's on accident. and We just get so busy that we forget that we're supposed to be led by God. Well, I've got work, and I've got to do this, and our family's got that, and there's another birthday, and then we've got school, and then we've got... God's going, man, that's cool, but, but where am I in that schedule? You may have to go there, but guess who should be with you every time you take a step? Me. Let me lead you into those places. Let me fight the battles that you don't want to fight, the, the battles that you can't fight, the battles that are bringing you down. He wants to fight those for you. And he wants us to surrender them to him. And that's where it all begins is giving our life to God. And, and I want to ask if you would all in the room just bow your heads and close your eyes because I want to give an opportunity. If there's anybody in this room today that would say, I don't know God, the God that I'm supposed to be surrendering to, the God that's supposed to be leading me daily, the God that wants to fight my battles, I don't know him. The one that sent his son to die for me so that I could live, I don't know him, but today, if you want to know him, he is here and he is excited for you. He's already speaking to you. He's saying, hey, it's time. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how long you've tried to run away from me. I'm here. You don't have to worry. You don't have to fear. Just trust in me. Let me lead you. Let me fight for you. And if that's you this morning, you'd say, I want to know that God. That God that personally made me for a reason. The God that, that has a plan and a destiny for my life. If you want to know that God today for the first time, you want to invite him into your life, then I want to ask you to take a step of faith. I want to pray with you, and I just want you to come up to the front. I'll wait one more second. If God's speaking to you, don't be, don't be afraid. Don't be scared. All right, let's say this prayer together. If everybody in here, if you said this prayer a million times, it doesn't matter. We're going to pray this together. God, I love you, and I thank you for sending your son to die for me, for leading me, for fighting for me. God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Take away my past and help me to live for you. Help me lean on your guidance. Help me trust in your power. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, give it up for God. It's so great. Man, so awesome. God is continuing to make people and places new. And as great as this story is right here, he wants to do that a million times. He wants to do it with the people that you know. He wants to do it with your family, your friends, your coworkers. 
Sometimes it's up to you. God's saying, let me lead you. Let me guide you. And so this morning, I don't want you to just walk away and go, man, that was great. We're supposed to be led by God. I want you to truly ask yourself, am I being led by God? When I wake up, do I ask God, what are you going to do with me today? When I, when I go to work, God, who are you going to lead me to today? When I go to my kids' soccer games, when I do all these things, God, what do you want to do in me? Because I was made for more. I was made to show people your love. I was made to, to represent you in everything that I do. And so if you want to write these questions down and ask yourself this this week, are you being led by God? Ask yourself that question. Serious, it's easy to come to church and go, well, I, I had my time with God. I'm led by him. God says, man, I want way more than one Sunday morning a week. I want to meet with you every single day. Who is God leading you to? It may be people you know. It may be strangers that you see at the gas station. It may be your waiter or waitress at lunch. It may be somebody that you've known for all your life. It may be your brother or sister that's walking away from God and has no hope. Who is he leading you to to say, hey, somebody needs you? Because let me just say this. There are people who are relying on you to be led by God, and they don't even know it. There's people that need you to be led by God for their own good. It may be people that you've had uh, falling outs with. It may be people that you don't talk to very much. It may be people you see every day. They're relying on you to have a relationship and be led by God so that you can share that with them. And the last question, what battles do you need to surrender to God? What things are you trying to do in your own will? What things are you trying to do in your own strength? And God's saying, just give it to me. Let me have it. I will fight for you. Just stand firm. Know that I'm your God. Know that I'm with you. And I'm going to fight the battle for you because it's in your weakness that my power is made strong. So this morning I want to pray for you. If you'd bow your heads and close your eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day. God, that today we begin uh, to know what it's like to be led by you even more. That every single day I pray that these, these people here in, in this room, anybody under the sound of my voice, God, that we would challenge ourselves daily to look to you and say, God, where are you leading me? God, who are you leading me to? God, where do I need to trust you more? How can I give you my full life? God, don't let us give up. Don't let us throw in the towel. Don't let us sell ourselves short because we know that it is in our weakness that you are made strong, that we can do all things in Christ who gives us strength. So God, give us courage as we leave this place. Lord, give us a ferocity to know your name and to make your name known. I pray that you would keep these people safe, that you would keep them excited about who you are, that they would, you would restore the joy of our salvation in our life, knowing that you saved each and every one of us so that we may live for you. And it's in your precious and holy name that we pray all of this. Amen.